Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thanks for listening. Today is, I'm sure that right off the bat, just a plane in the background. Awesome. Um, today is Friday. I always get mixed up because I don't work on Fridays, and so I'm just thrown off trying to remember what day it is. But um, I'm here today with another guest. I told y'all I was going to get back on the guest train. I was going to get motivated, and I had two this week, and it's really exciting. But I'm here with another guest today, um, Carrie, and she's going to introduce herself in a few minutes. I've got her on Skype, and so that's how I typically interview all my guests. So I try to make the, I saw somebody today, I was like, are you talking about me? Because there was a guy on Twitter who posted that, he was like, the audio quality on this podcast is really getting on my nerves, but I'm going to plow through it. And I was like... Are you per- it perhaps talking about my podcast? <laughs> because I know it's not great. Like, I know the audio, but I kind of committed from day one that I was going to do this without investing any money into it. And at, as, as, of to, as of date, zero dollars. Because I think what I wanted to do is be able to, like, I hope, I mean, maybe down the road, if there's people who come to me and have questions about how I did it, I want to be able to say to them, like, you don't have to buy a lot of fancy equipment. You don't have to buy a lot of microphones or audio or, or equipment or recording or editing equipment. Like, I use my phone. I use Skype, and it's not perfect quality, but I think it's okay. Carrie, does it bother you? Are you bothered? No, you did have a really loud cricket one time. I know. That's true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And we even said at the beginning, like, is this going to be distracting? Yeah, it was. It was really loud. Yeah, it was. And, and I, I don't know if it would have been as distracting if you hadn't brought the, the attention to it initially. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. And then, like, <laughs> the weird thing, too, that I when I was listening to the most recent one that I made, just kind of proof listening to it, my phone, if I do get a text message... While I'm recording, it, like, does record the buzzing sound, and it it gave me a heart attack, because it came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so loud, that buzzing sound, but, yeah, it just adds a little flair, adds a little flavor to the recording, yeah. some, just some background sounds, you know, I'm sure at one point in the last recording, my cats were, like, having a full-on cat fight right here in front of me, that was in there, I heard that, yeah, a little, a little flavor, but anyway... So, sorry. I'm sorry if you're, like, a person who really likes high-quality audio. Hopefully the content makes up for it, because that's just not what you're going to find here. But, um, I also am pretty committed to recording in one take and not, um, having this take too much time away from my family as far as editing and and putting a lot of hours into editing, I put zero hours into editing. I, I record, I listen to it, and then I post. So um, I think because I, I want to do it and I really enjoy it, but I don't want it to be something that takes away from my kids. So there's that. So no editing. Just I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. Like this is raw, folks. We just record. It goes there. We don't, no changes are made to anything that's said. So, um... Just as a just as some information to remember, I am now available. The podcast is now on iTunes, Google Play, and Castbox. Um, 
There is a, a group Facebook page. It's me, Sam. You can look up and, and be added to. And then you can also um, send an email at any time to its.me.sam.podcast.gmail.com. And all of that's on all of those platforms, that information. So, all right. Well, here's the deal with Carrie. Okay. We live, we grew up, like, what is it? Probably not even five-minute drive between the, Oh, yeah. yeah. Not so we grew up about five minutes away from each other. She's one year younger than me in school. And so because we did grow up that close, we rode the same bus together, um, you know, until until I was driving, until she was driving kind of deal, or until we had friends that were able to drive us and we were too cool for the bus. Um, so, so we knew each other and we obviously spent time together because we're on the bus and we're like interacting. And then she just mentioned something that I actually forgot is that she was on, you were on the drill team, right? With the, yeah. yeah. So she was on the drill team. I was a band nerd for <laughs> first three years of high school. So obviously the band and the drill team, like the flag crew, whatever y'all call them, um, they traveled together and, and sat together at football games. So we obviously spent time together, you know, during those events and things too. So, but yeah, what I was like just hung out with the same crew. Yeah. But I don't feel like you and I really ever got to know each other very well. No, because I was probably just mean. That's probably what it came <laughs> That's probably well, what it came I don't out remember it. you ever being mean, but just kind of like. I don't know, because you're a year older, and you do kind of separate in high school that way, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's, that's all it was. I never really was very close to anybody that was a lower classman. I don't know why, it doesn't really make any sense, now I'm, you know, I, I don't, you, you are missing become, out, Sam. I know, you become an adult, and it's like, I have friends from, you know, age, I have friends 10, 10 years younger, 10 years older, I mean, you don't think about it, but when you're in high school, it's like, I can't be friends with that person, they're a year younger than me. So stupid. <laughs> but um but anyway, so what I was telling her just a minute ago though is that I said I want you to just give me like an update on like the timeline from when we finished school to now because she I actually did a quick introduction of her in my um most recent episode that I posted and, and mentioned that she married one of my best friend's brothers and I didn't, like, I wasn't around. I was pretty well gone, like, out of Ohio from high school graduation through for, like, the next six years. So, I didn't really keep up with, like, anything that was going on in our hometown or anything like that. I didn't really know much of what was going on. I knew that they had gotten married, but I really didn't know any details other than the fact that they got gotten married. So... Did you know that I used to harass Jennifer constantly that I was going to marry her brother and used to like... Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I used to tease her so bad about how hot he was and how much I loved him. And I would like, I would, uh, I would like go in his room and be like on his bed. I'd be like, Jennifer, come here, hurry, hurry, hurry. And then I'd be like on his bed and she'd get so mad. Are you going to be mad if I tell him? <laughs> no, I think he probably knows. Because Amy Amy and I did it. We both, we all did it. We all teased her. And then she would make comments about my brother, too. I'd be like, you're disgusting. Gross. He's so much younger than you. She'd be like, I don't care. I love him. Oh, <laughs> so funny. But, um, okay, so, Carrie, introduce yourself. 
She's a she's a wife, obviously. She's a mom with of two kids. She's got a lot going on. She has a job, whole deal. So tell us about yourself, and then kind of catch me up on on up to the, uh, to the uh, from high school to now. But like, don't take an hour. So <laughs> well, that's gonna be hard. Um, sure, 20, twenty years. Twenty as years. Sam mentioned we grew up together. Went to the same elementary school all the way through high school. Um, after high school, I, oh, wow, um, I got engaged, actually, shortly after high school. What? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to a guy that I had been dating for, like, I don't know, I think two or three years. From our school? Um, huh? A guy from our school? No, he went to Carlisle. Okay. So, um, anyway, I was engaged. That was a really bad relationship, a really, wow. Um, Looking back on that, wow, that was a big mistake. But, anyway, I was young and stupid, as we all tend to be. Mm -hmm. And, actually, while I was engaged to that guy is when I technically met Matt, Um, my childhood very best friend you may remember Melissa Harrison was her maiden name mm. do you remember her in my grade she was yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. And, yes huh? yes I do yes okay okay so she married one of Matt's best friends from high school okay so I met Matt at their wedding but I didn't You know, I was engaged to somebody else. There was nothing, you know, whatever. Um, I don't even think he knew me. I didn't really take any notice of him, per se. Um, But then in the meantime, about a year later, I Mm -hmm. broke up with my fiancé. And um, Melissa invited me to go to, like, a concert or something. And I showed up at her house, and Matt pulled in behind me with another friend of theirs. And it was funny because, you know, growing up in Germantown, Farmersville, little rural area, um, everyone drove pickup trucks, you know, or a lot of people did. (laughs) And so this, like, red pickup truck pulls in behind me, and I'm like, ooh, whose truck is that? (laughs) You know, because I just have a thing for red pickup trucks. Yeah. And uh, the guy gets out, and I'm like, ooh, I remember him from the wedding. He was kind of cute. And, well, you know, the rest is pretty much history. We started dating, you know, pretty much right after that. And so, yeah, we met through just mutual friends who were married to each other. So Okay. So yeah. when did you all get married? Um, we got married in 2008. Okay. And then we had our son in 2011, and then our daughter in 2014. Okay. Okay. So we've been married for 10 years. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary. Um, And to celebrate, we went to the Dominican Republic, which was really cool and fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I met Matt. And, of course, I... um, had been going to a different church, um, and the church had recently gone through, like, a split and some rough 
times. And then I ended up moving to Carlisle with my mom and stepdad. And so I just kind of started going to church with Matt while we were dating. And then, so that's how I ended up at your parents' church. Yeah, that's the other thing. She does. So, oh, yeah. I that. Yeah, I, I, did, that I forgot that. My, my, um... My my friend and her brother, we all, we met at church and grew up in church together. And then they still go there, which is why Carrie still goes there. And my parents still go there, so they they are at that church together still. So time out though. What was the what is the church that you're talking about that you were at before you went there to uh, um, Carlisle? Moraine Heights okay okay i was just thinking i'm like is this is this for real because i'm thinking did you act did you, is it possible that you went to the the first baptist in germantown because they had a whole drama and mess too and i'm like that, that'd be crazy because that's where i went before we went out to carlisle uh, i didn't remember you being there but i'm like that doesn't mean anything she just like two seconds ago before we started recording i'm just going to con- continue to reiterate how i have no memory she was telling me about we had a really tragic um, uh, a car accident of a, a a guy that was a year older than us, and um, when we were in school, who passed away in the accident. And she was just telling me. She said, "Yeah, that's the first time I met." Or she said, "We used to ride together sometimes when our friend Emily would pick us up." And she said, "That's the first time I met your mom when Emily met us up, picked us up." And was giving us a ride to school the day after he had passed. And uh, your mom came out and gave gave us a big lecture about being safe driving and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I, I believe you that that happened because that sounds like something Deb would do. But uh, I have zero memory of that. Not even a hazy, like I could almost, no, nothing. Nothing there. Seriously? Seriously, not a thing. Emily's big old Suburban, do you remember that? No. That big Suburban she drove? Uh Uh-uh. Nothing. (laughs) I'm telling you what. I I know, it's bad. It's really bad. I don't remember anything. I got a a limited amount of space in my brain. I'm trying to keep up with, like, baby feeding schedules and keeping, you know... School you schedules. Feel bad. I, you know, I remember the most random things. Melissa that introduced me to Matt because we have literally been friends our whole lives. Like our parents were friends before we were even born. Yeah. Um, I'll remember things from our childhood, and she's like, "How do you remember that?" And it's the most weird, random thing. Yeah. You know, it's nothing like worth remembering. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sometimes when I start talking about something, I'll start remembering details about it that maybe I didn't even think that I knew. Like, I started, what was it, the last episode, I started talking about um, the D.A.R.E. program at school and how at the end of that program, <laughs> they, do you remember, and did I make that up or didn't they give away that black silky coat? Yeah. At the end, yeah, and I started remembering Matt Mornall was the one who won it. I'm still mad at him because I wanted that coat so bad. But I, I remember that. and it's won it. In our grade, but I do remember uh, Luke Dalton falling off the stage in a skit that we did, like, oh, no. on purpose. Like, he was acting like he was drunk or on oh, drugs my gosh, or something. Oh, that's so funny. So he fell off the stage. Not yeah. funny to be on drugs. 
That's not what I meant. That's funny. You fell on the it's thing. not funny, but that no. skit was really funny. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. It's like when I remember something, I remember, I remember the, I remember ever, like I remember the feeling. I remember the feeling of like just being devastated that I didn't win that code. This tragic moment. But anyway, okay, well that catches me up. <laughs> <laughs> so what type of work are you doing right now? That Did you end up going to college at all or what did you end up doing? Um. So, right after high school, I started going to Sinclair. Um, okay. Okay. I know that I've said this. I know that y'all don't feel these pauses when I have to pause it. But I had to pause it for a minute because I'm sitting outside. And it's like, you know, and tell me if I'm wrong, Carrie. We might as well be in Louisiana the way this heat runs. <laughs> I mean, it's just muggy, yeah. heavy heat. Still, even at like, what is it, 9? It was 10 o'clock at night. So I had to spray yeah. some mosquito, some bug spray, because I was getting tore up. So I had to pause it and uh, do that. But yeah, okay, so you were saying you oh. went to Sinclair, that's like a community college here yeah. in our area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went to the small community college in our area, and um, I did like a quarter or a semester or whatever it was. Um, and then I wrecked my car, and my dad... And my then fiance, which is not Matt, um, talked me into uh, not enrolling for the next semester or quarter or whatever, using that money to fix my car. And then I started working full time, and then I just never went back, mm-hmm. you know, because you get used to that paycheck and it's hard yeah. to find the time to do it. So, yeah, I never went back, and I know you and Jill on the last episode kind of talked about, like, biggest regrets, and yeah. that's definitely mine right yeah. there. Biggest regret is not finishing school. But despite all that, I've had um, a very interesting but yet successful path uh, into sales, um, and I actually am a sales manager for uh, the advertising branch of Spectrum, the ca- local cable company here. Um, and so it's Spectrum Reach is the advertising part of it. So we sell commercials and digital advertising, things like that. So we can get in. We're, we have okay. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna side note, and then I'm gonna come back. When Carrie contacted me, she listed off like a laundry list of topics that she thought would be, and I agreed with her that would be like pertinent and and just good good conversation and things that we could talk about. And so we're gonna get into some of those things. But I do want to I do want to kind of touch on what you're saying right now. How have you? Um, how have you managed in your career, like, have you felt any discrimination or felt like you've had to kind of fight for your position because you don't have a degree? Or do you come up against, you know, people that have less experience than you who have a degree and think that they should be given more seniority or should be taken more credible or anything like that? Um... Not necessarily people with less experience but have the degree. I know that is common in other industries, but for the advertising industry, I've only been in it for five years, so I'm actually pretty much a rookie 
in terms of that, most of my coworkers have been doing it for decade or decades. So I'm kind of a rookie in that. So I haven't really experienced uh, discrimination as far as moving up. Yeah. However, I do know that there have been peers of mine that have made comments of, well, why should she be a manager? She didn't even go to school. You know, she's only been doing this for four years, five years, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, on the peer level, yes. Uh, but actually, when I interviewed for the management position, uh, the director of sales, you know, told me that, Get out of there, Matt. Get out of there, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) She sees you. Go away. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Her husband just came. We're on, like I said, we're on Skype, but her husband just came in the picture, creeping in the background. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he's a creeper. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah peer-to-peer there's definitely been some but for the most part uh people have been pretty supportive and just say hey you're you're great at what you do you deserve it you work hard yeah you know so is there is there going to come a time though I mean when it comes to like you know climbing the ladder kind of thing is there going to come a point to where you're going to be capped out unless you do have a degree Possibly. Um, I've been trying to find that out. Um, I think to go on to the next level, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm sure eventually I would be, but honestly, to be where I am and have the income that I have, uh, I couldn't be more blessed. I mean, God, it is, God has just blessed me. Mm-hmm. amazingly yeah um and more than i could have ever imagined so it's kind of hard for me to be greedy and go well i want more and i should deserve more whether i have a degree or not because i don't i don't deserve it it's just god blessing me yeah yeah well and i think what you said is true and i say this to my kids all the time and i not that i want them to not pursue careers and get their education or whatever it would be, whether it's a trade or college or whatever. But and I think, I, I think you probably see this and I know I do. It's like, you don't really have to, um, you don't really have to be too much of a standout. You just have to work hard and, and, and show up and do what you say you're going to do. And you do stand out because there are so many people who aren't doing those basic work ethic type things. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, that is, I mean, that I remember, I remember sure. when I, when Charlie was first born, I just needed to do something kind of in the interim because I just moved to Ohio and I needed to just, I was looking for a child welfare job, but just needed something kind of in the meantime. And my dad works for Kroger and has forever. And so I, I went on there working um, third shift and I, I just, this is just what I did. Like I was taught and I'm sure you were taught this too, or you taught yourself you just show up on time. You stay for your whole shift. You work the whole time you're there. Like, I'm getting a paycheck. I'm going to work. I'm not going to sit and read a magazine. Like, I'm going to work. I swear it was within, like, two weeks they were offering me a management position. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I barely, you don't have anybody else that you can put in management. I've been here for two weeks. 
But, yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, the, the first time I was promoted from a warehouse position into a sales position at a totally different company, um, I remember asking the manager who was wanting to promote me, I was like, but I've only been here a year. Why wouldn't you promote somebody else who's been here for many years? Yeah. And she looked at me and she was like, um, well think about the people mm-hmm. in that warehouse. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of laughed because she was right. I mean, they were the people who didn't show up or didn't show up on time and just were lazy or just didn't have any motivation mm-hmm. to move forward. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a lot of it. It's what do you really want to move forward? Mm-hmm. Or are you complacent? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think good work ethic is something that's unfortunately kind of fallen by the wayside. But on the same hand, it's like, if you got it, you're going to shoot to the top because it's just not something that's a, a real strong value anymore. So, yeah. Anyway. And, I, you know, I would be remiss if I left out the fact that I also had somebody uh, pushing me and mentoring me to be the the worker that I am today and the manager that I am. Uh, and that she was my manager at that old company, which was a sporting goods company. And then she was the one who came over to the cable company and, and brought me over with her. Um, but she was just a mentor to me, a friend to me, a mother to me. She was amazing. So that's great. I, I'd be if I didn't leave that if I didn't mention that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think we're all caught up. You feel good? I think so. I'm sure. Yeah. Here's, here's my, here's, here's me catching up with you. It's been a mess. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's been a mess. Well, I've been catching up with you by listening to the podcast. Oh yeah. There so you I'm go. kind of like, Oh wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. In summary, <laughs> it's been a mess. Um, it's no, but it's been 20 years of just chaos and now I got four kids and I live on a farm. That's pretty much it. Uh, um, so, and I guess that's another thing I will say is that you probably do just, and and sometimes I feel this way about some people and I don't post on social media a lot, but through the years, like different things, I mean, I'll, I'll put things on there. I kind of use it as like a scrapbook because I'm too lazy to scrapbook. And so I'll put stuff on yeah, there and try too. to keep it. But yeah, I don't think that, do you post as much on, on, cause I would, I didn't, I don't remember seeing much, I guess, posted on Facebook or anything. I don't know that you post as much or that I see very much. I on don't there. post a, a ton. I put pictures of the kids cause I'm kind of like you. I, I don't scrapbook. I don't have time for that. No. Um, uh. I don't even think I did my kids baby books that were given to me because no. I'm a slacker. Yeah, no. Um, I didn't do that. <laughs> no nobody's got time but for that. I, yeah, I, I don't have time for that. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I stay away from posting anything political. I'm, I don't want to offend any of my friends, family, or especially now being in, the, in such a professional uh, environment. Yeah. Man, I got to be really careful 
you know, because every manager, every boss is, is out there looking at social media Oh yeah, and, and clients too. You know, I have clients and I don't want to make a client mad and, you know, so I just, eh, just shy away from all of that. So yeah, I'm, I'm just not a big social media poster, but yeah. I'm on there and I creep on people. Heck yeah. Isn't that what it's actually for? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Let's be honest here. Yeah, it's totally to creep on people. I'm all about it. I'm all I'm all about trolling. I'll troll anybody all day long. I don't care. Um, all right. So so we were uh, like I mentioned, she messaged me. She kind of just listed off some things that she thought would be, and I agree with like would be interesting. And so the one thing that I wanted to um, wanted her to just get into that she mentioned uh, right off to um, to talk about was that. I think, and to quote what she said, was that she <clears throat> was a child of recovering drug and alcohol addicts and that she was the only person in her home that went to church um, and then had, and I, I guess she'll, she's going to elaborate here, but had, a, I don't know if it was a family or, or what, but had someone in her life as a child who, you know, kind of made sure that she was... Um, connected with church, connected with that environment, you know, even despite, you know, her parents and all that was going on there. So kind of, I mean, that's, it's a very vague as far as the information that I had. And I told her, I just wanted her to kind of get into it while we're recording, but tell me, I mean, let's talk about that. Like what's the details or as much as you're willing to share here. And then we'll just talk about kind of like how that's affected you and, and, and what your life looks like today as a result. Okay. Well, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm a child of recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, my parents um, got clean really when I was a baby initially. So you would think that my childhood was normal because they were clean. You know, and my dad still now were, he's at like 30 some years clean, 35. I don't even know the number. It's crazy. And I'm very proud of him and very glad for that. Um, my mother, though, uh, I didn't realize at the time, but in hindsight, um, I think she never stopped having a problem. It just changed. Uh, from, you know, alcohol to then prescription medications, but not necessarily like she was getting them on the street, mm -hmm. but maybe just being over-prescribed things yeah. and, and mixing like, you know, the pseudofeds and the, the things that can kind of, you know, mess with your head yeah. and make you drowsy yeah. all the time. And she just, I mean, she just wanted to sleep all the time. That's my biggest memory from my childhood was just mom wanted to sleep. Okay. Don't wake up, mom. And, um, you know, the, not to say I didn't have some good memories at the time. I thought I was just a happy, normal kid. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until later as an adult that I'm like, hmm. I don't think that was normal, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, my mom missed um, my induction into National Honor Society because it was too early in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, she didn't 
go to uh, see me get baptized at church. Now, even though I was the only one who did go to church, uh, my parents both claimed to be believers. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't go see me get baptized because it was too early in the morning. Um, you know, just things like that. It was it was hard. And um, so, just real quick, you mentioned like step parents at one point. When did that happen? That actually didn't happen until I was older. When okay. um, I was 19, my mom left me, and my, I was still living at home. My mom left me and my dad. Um, she'll never, you know, own up to it, but I'm 99.9% sure she was cheating on my dad yeah. with who ended up to be my stepdad. Um. And then uh, my dad ended up getting remarried, actually, not too long after the divorce was final. He found someone pretty quickly. Um, So I have, you know, a stepmom, and then my mom did marry that guy. They they adopted a baby together. So when I was 23, I got a brand-new baby, baby, infant baby sister. Your mother did. Like, yes. How old like, was she? Home. Um, I mean, in her forties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a foster, so, like um, a foster care situation, or a, a private adoption. Private adoption. What? Yeah. Like the baby, what the the lady, the birth mother was in labor, and actually, she had told my mom. After she was, after the baby was born, I don't think I can do this, and was trying to back out. My mom left the hospital devastated, and then they got a call the next morning that the birth mother could not have the baby because they found drugs in the baby's system. Okay. And so they called my mom and my stepdad, and they came and got the baby. So, so this I, was was this something I have that you're twelve year old baby sister. <laughs> Now, do you think your mom will listen to this? I don't want to be disrespectful to your mom, but I do want to have I do want to talk I do want to have some honest some honest questions. And, and you know what? Even if she does listen, just know that I'm not being disrespectful. I just I guess I'm just interested in this whole dynamic. Do you? It's okay, I told her she was crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that she was trying to? second time around parent like do you think that she acknowledges that she kind of screwed it up the first time around and was trying to redo it no what it came down to was that my stepdad could never have children of his own he had two like daughters and i'm saying that with quotes because they were his ex-wife's daughters okay and, but he had been around for the majority of their lives, but he had never been able to have a child of his own. He physically could not. Yeah. So they had tried in vitro twice, I think. And then it, it was unsuccessful because basically my mom was too old. And um, they decided to do the private adoption. So it was 
pretty much him driving that bus. Okay, okay. So, um, can you pause it for a second? I need to go get my... Yeah. All right. We have a little pause there. Got to get. Yeah. You got to keep the char- You got to keep the devices charged. So we had to find a charger. Um. Okay. I just told her. I was like, I'm trying to hold it together, but I'm kind of reeling from this story, and I, and, and I just want to know everything about it. But it's not. It's just my own nosiness. So I need to move on. Um. It's okay. So. It's, it's an interesting story. Yeah. So okay. So you're essentially. Would you say that then you were raised by your dad for the most part? No, I don't know. When I was in high school, I thought my mom was like my best friend. Mm. Like I would talk to her about everything. Um, But at the same time, she would complain about my dad and to me. And she would tell me what a jerk he was and how she couldn't stand him and all these things that a mother should never say to their daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, it's just so messed up. And, you know, she really kind of, like, poisoned me against him. Okay. And that was probably early high school, I would say. And then toward the end of high school is when I kind of started to see the light and realized that my mom was the one who was really messed up. Yeah. Uh, not that not that my dad didn't have his faults. He did, mm-hmm. for sure. But um, she, you know, ended up finally actually just totally um, relapsing, drinking alcohol, got busted by my dad, drinking alcohol. Um, your mom and- did. You're saying your mom relapsed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so dad actually started going to meetings with her again. They, I think he offered to go to counseling. And then it wasn't long after that that she just left. Okay. So, I mean, my dad, in hindsight, you know, I, I tell everyone he he's a very good man. Yeah. And he... He's a hard worker, and he would have done anything in the world for us. Yeah. He still had his moments, and at sometimes he displayed qualities of what I later found out by going to Al-Anon meetings uh-huh. were qualities of what they call a dry drunk, which is somebody who's not drinking alcohol, but they um, still show some of those characteristics. I don't know anything about you know, that. Really tell me, tell me about that. Dry drunk. I don't know what that means. Um. So, like I said, he hadn't drank alcohol for, you know, at that point, probably close to twenty years or twenty years or more. Yeah. And yet, he still was like really controlling and really. Um, I can't remember all the traits, but there's traits of alcoholics. Okay, and yeah. And it, it's more of the, the deep-down-seated heart problems that they have, you know, okay, the, the personality issues that they have that lead them to drink. So just because they're not drinking doesn't mean that those problems go away. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that Does that sense. make sense? Yeah, I was when you first said that, yeah. I was thinking that you were talking about, like, maybe he had some psychological after- like some brain issues. Cause I know I, I, 
I see, um, I, I have quite a few patients that I've seen that have like uh, alcohol-induced dementia symptoms. And so when you first said that, that's kind of, that's kind of where my mind went that I was thinking. But but no, no, I understand. Yeah, that makes sense what you're saying. Like the characteristics and the ability and the coping skills or lack thereof that that lead a person to be an alcoholic. That those those personality traits and things don't like you're saying don't go away even though they're not drinking. So yeah. Although I will say, um, just in the last couple of years, man, he's, he's really seemed to mellow a lot. Yeah. So I, I think he's made a lot of progress. I know the divorce was hard for him and, um, you know, we, he and I even went through a rough patch due to that after he got remarried and there was a little bit of tension there for a short time, but everything's great now. I get along with my stepmom. I get along great with him. I love him very much. It's, you know, I'm sure. Did your did side. your dad go and adopt a bit newborn at any point after the um, divorce? <laughs> no, but uh, the lady he my stepmom she actually had custody, or they together got custody of her grandson. Okay. Um, it, it was kind of a necessary thing, and I don't know how old he was at that time. I can't remember, but yeah. he's now, like, 19, I think, 19, maybe 20. Okay. And he's, he still lives with them, but he's working, and, you know, he's pretty self-sufficient now. Yeah. So how is your relationship with your mom now? Hmm, strained at best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my mom's just, uh, she's a trigger for me. Like, when I deal with her, it just sets off a whole flood of emotions that I have difficulty coping with. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a lot of hurt and bitterness that I need to let go of. That's, that's all on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is, um, incredibly narcissistic. Yeah. So when I talk to her, it is all about her. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I t called to tell her I got the promotion, uh, of my management position, I talked to her for like half an hour and it was all about her. And then at the end she was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I was like, um, well, mom. The reason I called you was I yeah. wanted to tell you I got a promotion. You know, she yeah. she didn't even, it didn't even register for her to ask anything about me yeah. and what was going on with me. Yeah. Um, she's getting, she's going to be going through a divorce now with my stepdad. Mm. So they adopted my sister. She's now 12 and they're separated, have been for quite a while. And now they're eventually, I don't know. Financially, I just don't think they can afford a divorce is what the problem is. I don't know. Hmm. So um, she had two heart attacks last year. Oh, wow. And I was at the hospital with her. I stayed the night with her. And it's just, I love her. She's my mom. Yeah. You know, she's the only mom we're going to have, um, other than my mother-in-law, whom I love. Peggy! Peggy, we love you, yeah. Meg. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's 
also very, very good to me. Peggy is. I used to terrorize um, her so much in high school. <laughs> you what? I used to terrorize her so much when we were in school. <laughs> She'd be like... Well, we still terrorize her. Oh, yeah, you have to. <laughs> we love her. You have to. She'd be, we'd be spending the night over there at my friend's house, Jen, or Jen, you know, her, this is, so this is Carrie's brother, sister, who was one of my best friends growing up, and, like, obviously, we're never going to sleep. My Peg- sister. Yeah, but Peggy would, um, go to bed, and we would just be up, and then, like, we would just all go in there and get in bed with her, and she'd be so mad. She'd be all screaming at us to get out. Uh, we're like Peg. We need to snuggle. We can't. We have to be in here with you. Like, we miss our mom. We have to be in here with you. She be hollering and screaming and so mad. Uh, good times. Good times. Um. So the whole. So one thing that I've kind of on and off. I've you know sometimes we just I just get on this get on here and record and it's just nonsense. But this is obviously like serious and I and I think that there's good takeaways from this for anyone. Who has had similar experiences in their childhood and their in adulthood with even with like a partner or a spouse or something along those lines that's been an addict or, or has been I'm imagining neglectful even like your mom. I mean, if she's and, and I don't know if I'm making that assumption, but my whole no, the one thing. That's correct. Okay, yeah. So the whole the one thing that I've said is, you know, how can I what can I do to give information that's going to help people to make the same dumb choices that I've made? And, but I don't, I mean, obviously this isn't, you, this isn't anything that you chose. Like this was just the life that God, that you were born into. But I, what I want to know is like, as far as the takeaway goes, how, what would you tell people? Like, how do you manage day to day? How do you, I mean, I talk to my mom every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And that's, if I didn't have that relationship, I mean, it'd be really difficult for me. She was out. She was at camp for a week, <clears throat> and they don't have signal there. It's just not great. So I didn't talk to her for that week, and it was hard. Like I just, I don't talk to very many people. So I mean, how do you cope with someone like you said, your mom, someone who is, you know, become is typically becomes a very close person to you in 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 adulthood. You know, like you said, having that resentment, anger. Her being a trigger, how do you manage that as an adult? Or how have you managed that, I should say? Like, what's the takeaway um, on how to how to cope with a childhood like like what, you, what you're describing? Well, one of the biggest takeaways I can give is that you need to find, uh, first of all, information. So for me, it wasn't until I went to some Al-Anon meetings, which if you're not familiar, it's for family members of addicts, okay. family members or friends, and you, you know, for loved ones of addicts to learn how to cope with those things. I couldn't attend for very long because it is uh, kind of a downer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. you know, to listen to those, but I because need it temporarily just to learn yeah just to learn what what am i dealing with here those you know the, the and, and, and then i did learn some coping mechanisms from it yeah so that i highly recommend and those meetings are um, operated kind of the same as an aa meeting right 
Yeah, and a lot of times they're actually operated at the same place as an AA meeting, but in oh, a different okay. room. So a lot of times it's at a church, and they'll have an, an AA meeting going on at the same time as an Al-Anon meeting. Okay. So if you have a family member who's going to AA, you can then go to Al-Anon at the same time. You mm-hmm. know, that type of thing. Yeah. You don't have to. You can go on your own, even if the person's not trying to be in recovery or not. Right. Um, the other thing, and I mean, this isn't something you really have control over, but God just has so blessed me. At every point in my life when I have um, turned away or maybe you know, started to stray away, he has placed someone in my life to turn me around. Mm-hmm. So even though my mom wasn't, because I think a lot of times for people, that is their mom. I mean, I know it was for Matt, you know, yeah. she was always praying for him and trying to lead and guide him in the right direction. I'm sure Deb was the same way with you. Yeah, Deb. You know, so <laughs> I didn't have that. So God always was putting someone in my life. The family that took me to church the whole time I went, which I started going when I, with them, I think when I was like 12, you know, up until, you know, now I'm still going to church. But that family that took me, um, you know, they were in my life. Uh, and then I had my manager who was also a Christian and she was a guiding force in my life. Mm-hmm. Matt was helpful in all of this. So, you know, God puts people in our lives to help us through. Yeah. I truly believe that. Well, so, I know too. Um, and it sounds when, like you, maybe when you, when you mentioned like, you know, your, your interactions with your mom that, um, I also have a, a, a narcissist in my life <laughs> and, you know, I've kind of studied and read up on just how to protect myself in uh, interactions with this person because it's definitely a trigger for me. Exactly. It's exactly what you just said. But, um, and I think one thing is to know that, um, that's what it comes down to. Like you're, I, I don't think you have to know that when you, have a re- when you're in a relationship or you have, you know, whatever level of relationship you have with someone who is a, a and has that narcissistic personality disorder, whether it's diagnosed or not, I mean, if they meet the criteria, it is what it is, um, is yeah. that <laughs> that relationship is never going to really meet the expectations that you have. And so what it, what it actually has to be about is is keeping it at a almost keeping your distance and protecting yourself because it is so easy like you said as far as being triggered it is so easy to fall into just the chaos I call it like a chaos cycle it's just a chaos cycle and I, I I don't know how you if this happened with you or if you have had times like this but I mean I've yeah. had times where it's like I've lost sure. day, I've lost days at a time just getting caught up in it, and then it's, it's like almost like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I got to snap out of this because it's never going to get better. Like that that person is un, incapable of of having healthy relationships, and so you just have to know that. And it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about like you're not doing enough, or, yeah. huh? 
You sound you sound like my brother. I have an older brother. Yeah. He says the same thing. Yeah. He says the same thing all the time. He's like, Carrie, you, you've got to quit expecting more of her. Yeah. She no, is can't. who she is, and you've just got to know that, and yep. you just have to love her, and yeah. just... He's like, if anything, just feel sorry for her. Yeah. Feel sorry for her. <clears throat> and I, you're right, and I need to... <laughs> I need to be better about that. It's well, and that's it. Strength of mine. Because when it's somebody that you love, you can't ever just be like, you can't ever get over it. It's really difficult to say like, and that's exactly what it is. And I'm not saying I've accomplished it because I need to get better at it too. Because what the other thing with the person that has this, 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 this personality is that the, it being in a relationship with them is so enticing and you want it, you desire it, and so I, what I have found is like, well, maybe now I can approach them this way, <laughs> you know, like different strategies. <laughs> no, like it never pans out. But you have to protect yourself. And I, and, and what, if you want to get into this, like you mentioned about depression and 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 things like that, I mean, I think that's a big factor. Is you just have to protect yourself. You have to be almost kind of be selfish. You have to know what you need to do as far as self-care. And that's a big part of it. Like just keeping that healthy boundary when it comes to someone, you know, who is destructive in your life. So. Yeah. And that's what I've learned to do. I just, you know, I don't make a lot of effort because I know it'll end up in my being hurt. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just let let things come as they will and, and just try try not to put myself out there too much emotionally. Yeah. And just keep the I've expectations got, uh, super I've low. I've got kids to focus on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of kids, I mean, here you've essentially said that your mom slept through your childhood. How have you found that that's affected your, your, you know, your parenting or as a mother yourself? Well, um, when I was pregnant with my son, my firstborn, uh, my biggest fear was that I was going to be like my mother. Yeah. I was so scared that I would care more about myself than I would about my kid. Um, but from the very first second he was born, I, I was like, okay, don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just, I love my kids more than anything. And, and Matt will tell you, I probably, uh, maybe go too far on the other side. Like I feel like I missed out on this and I didn't have this. And so I, give my kids that and more, you know, I probably overcompensate for what I missed out on. Mm -hmm. So my kids are spoiled. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's okay. I think it's okay because you can, you know, it's not like you're financially like racking up credit card, you know, millions of dollars. I mean, like you've worked hard, you've worked hard to create a life that's different than what you had. And so why not, you know, why not give them, you know, a lot of childhood and memories and things that you feel like you missed out on in a way that it's, you know, that they enjoy and that they can 
yeah, I think I'm all about spoiling kids. My kids are spoiled too. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I read something one time. I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it was basically said, um, tell your kids yes as often as possible because there will be so many times that you have to tell them no. Yeah. And I just, that kind of spoke to me and I was like, wow, you know, there are going to be a lot of times where I have to say no because it's either dangerous or hurtful to them or, you know, not the best situation or whatever it is. Um, So times when it doesn't matter, why say no if it doesn't matter that much? You know, that's crazy you're saying that because I I actually... um, my my mom, I gotta I gotta just say this because she's she forever could not figure out her Apple password and so had been like devastated or like constantly saying I can't listen to your I can't listen to your blog I can't listen to your pod blog she can't figure out what it's called <laughs> and I'm like I don't know what to tell you like call Apple I don't know what to tell you well she finally figured it out so and and I know she's she's just gonna stay offended because I'm gonna talk about her but that's okay. But what? I, but you know, I remember from my childhood, or at least it felt like to me. And of course, as, as children, like it, we, you know, there's obviously factors that we don't know that our parents don't share with us. Maybe when they do say no, or they don't allow us to do things. But one thing that I remember, at least what I felt, was that my mom did say no to a lot of things that, to me, I didn't understand, or like there was no, there was no reason, or like I would ask her, well, why? And it would be goofy things like, well, I don't like to, uh, I don't like to do things last minute or I don't like to schedule things on the whim. And, but it's like, but what is, how does that affect you? Like, so anyway, but I will say just this past week we were at a swim meet and my six year old, she just has started to spend the night. She has spent the night now twice at her little best friend's house. They live right down the road. I know her parents, like I'm. I think I'm also the person who said I was never going to allow my children to spend the night at friends' houses, and here, here we are. I don't. I'm terrible. Um, but so the first time around, it was a planned event. She went with them to Fourth of July fireworks. She then she stayed overnight with them. Seamless. Like they are on the same swim team together, obviously. So they went to the swim the next morning. This time, <clears throat> we're at the swim meet. They're done. Her little friend's done. And they're going to go get pizza. And so then my daughter's going to go with them to pizza. No big deal. Well, the mom looks over to me and whispers, can she just spend the night? And we'll take her to practice in the morning. And then my sitter's at practice and would get her blah, blah, blah. And I had this moment of like, no. No, I'm not doing that last minute. What are you talking about? No, we're not doing a last minute sleepover. (laughs) But I had to really like... In that moment, of course, I had like four seconds to think about it, but I had to really, in that moment, think like, why, but why? You know, like they're willing to take her, they're willing to take her to dinner, they're willing to take her and, you know, I know that they have like, they're obviously they're the same age, like she could throw on a pair of pajama pants, it's not that big of a deal, she has her, like there was nothing, there was no real legitimate reason that I should have said no, that I needed to say no. And so I said yes, and she went, and here, here I, I almost was felt justified because I get a call like 1130 or a text saying, 
that my daughter's upset because she doesn't have her blankie. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I call, you know, this friend of mine. And I'm like, you know, look, you can, I can come and get her. I'm sorry. I, I probably shouldn't have said yes to this last minute. But she was like, no, it's fine. And she said, I'll, I'll just lay with her for a minute. She'll be fine. And she was fine. You know, and I just thought, you know what? That was a big moment for my daughter. Like, if I would have said no and her not experienced that of, like, overcoming fear of being away from me and, and working through it, that was, I think, a big maturity moment for her that I could that she would have could have missed out on. So, I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I did say yes, even though I kind of was like, I knew it. I shouldn't have. I knew it. I knew this was going to fall apart. <laughs> I was telling myself, I told you so. Um... But it was fine, you know, I didn't hear anything from them the rest of the night, you know, they went on to swim team the next morning, it was fine. But yeah, you're right, like, I think, I've tried to do that too, I've tried to, like, if there isn't some glaring reason why it, it can't happen, I've tried to just, you know, say yes to pretty much everything, so, yeah. Alright, well. We're on the same page then with spoiling our kids rotten. Fantastic. <laughs> They're going to be monsters, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so, but real quick, I mean, what were you saying, though? You mentioned about your daughter not sleeping. What's the deal with that? Uh, this was something that she told I mean, me in the message. It was like, what did she say? Like, surviving a child that hasn't slept for three and a half, didn't sleep for the first three and a half years of her life. I was like, yeah, that is something we got to talk about because that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, she literally just never stopped sleeping or started. She never started sleeping through the night consistently, like ever. And then it just really was getting to the point of, I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to die if I don't get sleep. Yeah. This is literally killing me. How old is and, she now? Um, so... You know, her grandfather is her doctor, um, Matt's stepdad, Dr. Swanson, (laughs) and he referred us to uh, children's, like, the sleep behavior unit. So I met with um, a doctor, and this has only been, like, six months ago, um, a doctor in the sleep behavior unit, um, and she had given us a couple of methods to try. They never worked. And then um, on the last appointment that we went to, she gave me an idea of, like, a reward system. Mm-hmm. If she would sleep through the night. But it was, in my opinion, kind of complex. Like, you were supposed to give her, like, three or four passes, like, physical card passes. And then every time she would get up, you would take one away from her. Okay. And then if she still had one at the end of the night, then she would get a treat or a prize or a sticker or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't know. I mean, she's three and a half. Like, that just, I don't know if she's going to understand that. Right. So I got the idea of if there were just, if there was like a clock for her to, like, see what time it was. It seemed like I had talked to a co-worker or something that had mentioned that they, they had a clock for their child that had a sun and a moon, and you kind of teach the kid not to wait or not to get up until the sun is out. Yeah. So I went 
I looked on Amazon and I found this little puppy dog and he has a ball and it glows red at night and then you set the time that you want it to turn green. Okay. And then when the child sees that it's green, they know it's okay to get up. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I mean, it it changed my life. <laughs> it, it, a little clock. It was it was the best $20 I have ever spent in my entire life. So it worked. She stayed in her bed. It worked. Yeah. The first night she got up. And then after that, she has slept through the night every night except for once when she was sick. Oh, my goodness. So here's a couple of tips. Three and a half years. I was like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I do this like two years ago? Three and a half years. So she was just waking up all through the night. Was she all, Was she coming in y'all's bed? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we only have we only have a queen-size bed, so oh, yeah, yeah. it's not... No room. It was not working out very well. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. So here's a couple yeah. tips for if you have young ones or babies or if you're thinking about having children. Tip number one, never tell your child that they can get up when they see the sun. Because that feels like a really good idea in the winter when the sun doesn't come up until like 8, 830 but when the summer rolls around and the sun's starting to come up at like 545, it's not a good look for anybody. I made that mistake with my oldest son, and I did. I learned my lesson the hard way. Um, yeah, I've heard about those clocks. I, I never had to get one with any of my kids because I don't... The only thing that Charlie, my oldest, ever did was that he would wake up really early, and he still does. Like, that's just who he... Like, that's just his... His makeup. He's, he's still an he's an early riser. Yeah. Even on the weekends, he'll talk about how I can't wait to sleep in tomorrow. I'm like, why even say that? You know, you're not going to. And he doesn't. Like he'll be up at seven thirty. Like he just he's not a kid that can wake up and fall back asleep. So if he wakes up at seven, like he can't anyway. So, but I remember when he was little, like it was the same. He would wake up at six and he couldn't go back to sleep, and he would just be like on my bed jumping on me, and like it was just terrible. But, um, I don't remember any, any, any of them getting, waking up in the, now I've got two little ones that are still in cribs, so I'll definitely keep that in mind about that clock. I've seen those, but I've heard about those before, that, that's a, that, those are awesome things. Because it gives them some, yeah. it's like, a, it's like they, so they are still in control, but you're, in reality, you're running the show <laughs> on how, you yeah. know, when it, when it happens, so. When we first started, we, you know, when she would wake up, I would give her, and if her little doggy was green, then I would give her candy for breakfast. Bad mom. Uh, <laughs> That's me. Uh-huh. Bad mom giving candy to me. Hey, okay, you <laughs> but do you know what you gotta what? do. After three and a half years of no sleep, I oh, yeah. was kind of willing to sacrifice some cavities. Maybe. Give her all the candy. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> all the candy. You know what's so crazy, too, uh, about what you just said? I got to the point where I didn't even have to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and just as a heads up to anybody who's considering having children, that feeling of, I might die from exhaustion, is real. Like, you can, <laughs> you can ask my kids, the first two, like the first week to two weeks that the baby came... He was a dream. Like, he, um, 
he woke up, you know, I had to wake him up, but for the most part, he slept. I'd wait, and I'd wake him up, and I would feed him, and he would go back to sleep, I'd wake him up, and that was every three hours, which is bad, but I mean, if you think, if I could get two and a half, two and and three quarters hours of sleep in between those feedings, I could, I could bank up about four or five hours total. But the issue was, well, yeah, but I mean, it it wouldn't have been as bad if it wasn't for the fact that the one-year-old at the time had her first ear infection. And I didn't know, because she never had anything. I didn't know what was going on. She didn't run a fever. She didn't, like, pull at her ears. She didn't have anything. She just, what her symptom is when she's sick is that she screams and cries uncontrollably all through the night. So for those first like 10 days of him coming, I didn't sleep at all because if he was asleep, she was up screaming at night. And I, you can ask my kids. I remember saying them like, guys, look, just in case this happens, I love you, but today might be the day that I die from exhaustion. I'm just giving you a heads up. (laughs) Like the feeling I remember one, at one point, I was staying in the kitchen, my brother and sister-in-law were here, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I and I was just like, well, I just was confused, my head felt so heavy, I was really confused, and I told my sister-in-law, I said, I gotta go to bed. I know there's things I need to do right now, but I literally cannot think. And, you know, they'll say, I've heard this said, that like, driving tired is comparable to drunk driving, and I believe that. Because I yeah. have had moments where... I fell asleep at the wheel one time and hit a mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I was just that tired. Yeah, I mean that's that's how this whole podcast thing started because I started I had never listened to podcasts up until 7 months ago. I started listening to them because I couldn't stay awake out driving doing my job because I wasn't sleeping. And so I needed something to like engage my brain so I could not fall asleep at the wheel. And that's when I started listening to listening to some different podcasts. But yeah. So yeah, just a heads up. If you're considering having kids, just know that there is the possibility that they might not ever sleep. And you may, which in turn means that you may never sleep. So, But they're totally worth it. Totally, I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you may not think it when you're in the middle of that no sleeping phase, but yeah. it gets better. Yeah, and have support. I mean, you gotta have support. You gotta have help. Take help. Take, you know, a day, you know, where you try to re, you know, recharge yourself and take a nap or something. So it's, it's hard, but yeah, I mean, worth it. I tell my, I call my kids my retirement plan. I tell them they better take care of me when I'm old because I've invested in, done so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> destroyed my body, never sleep. Like, y'all better take care of me because I'm, I'm killing myself to keep you going. So, anyway. Well, Carrie, it's just been really cool. I, I've said this. It's the same today as it was the first guest that I've had on. You know, her and I, like, I go and visit my parents' church here and there. I was just there a couple of weeks ago for their Bible school. My kids went a couple of nights, and I went out there and picked them up and stayed for one of the nights and stuff. So, I obviously, I see Carrie here and there, and we pass each other. But it's like, 
by having this podcast, I mean, I feel like <clears throat> these are things that, I mean, we would have never, like, passed each other in church and had these conversations. So, I'm, no, I'm just really, I'm not. thankful to be able to talk to you and to, to kind of have some, some, you know, backstory to your life. And obviously, like, I don't know if this makes any sense, but I just feel... When I when I see people that have that have not that have struggled through their childhood and like through just being raised by parents that maybe weren't you know totally invested in parenting and then I see like I obviously I see you parent I see you with Matt I see you as a wife and work and stuff I just feel really like proud I don't know if that's not the right word like I just feel like you're doing awesome. It's it's just great. I, that's what uh-huh. I feel like. You're just doing a really, you know, you're overcoming, you're breaking that cycle. And that's just, that's really cool. That's awesome. Thank you. That means more than you'll ever know. That really means a lot to me. Thank yeah. you. Well, you're doing it. So that's, that's, the, that's <laughs> the thing. You're doing it. Well, any closing well, thoughts? Yeah, it's been great chatting with you. I really love listening to the podcast. I'm Aww. so excited you had me on. Yeah. I'm happy to do it again if you ever want me to. Yeah. Just let me know. Yeah, I think there were a couple of things that we didn't we didn't touch on. So yeah, maybe we'll have have you back sometimes. So Yeah. All right, y'all. Um don't forget next week first man, first man on uh, Dan will be here, so look forward to that, and uh, and we'll uh, I'll uh, I'll be talking to him. I'm gonna be talking to him about if you remember when Katie was on his wife, she mentioned um, and talked about how she had given birth of their children in, or her second child in their home, and so he wants to talk about like a dad's role in the pregnancy and birthing process, and he also wants to talk about just being a dad to daughters and how that, you know, how he's approaching that in his life. So, and then he has some other, I can't remember, like, I, I know there's some other really good things that he wants to talk about. So, it, you know, what it, like, told Carrie is, like, I just enjoy having these conversations. I don't get a lot of adult interaction, Carrie, so this is, <laughs> I'm sure, I created this podcast so I could actually talk to adults. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. This is all about me being able to have more adult interaction. <laughs> no, I really have yeah, enjoyed that it. is probably my favorite part of Mondays is going back to work and like, oh, I get to talk to adults again. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, thanks so much again, and uh, I hope You're you welcome. enjoy the rest of your weekend. You. So, all right, I'll talk to you later. You and too. then um, for everyone else listening, uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you the next time. All right, bye.